0: Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and it is Victory Monday. That's because the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Houston Texans 28-21 to at Heinz Field in spectacular fashion. It was a very exciting game to say the least here. It was a big game. We, in this first segment, we'll give out our game ball. Second segment, we'll dig more into the game and some analysis on my part. Then the third segment, y'all got me started with some of you all stuff that y'all was saying during the game, and I got some stuff to say. Again, this is the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Dale Lolly is doing his work, so uh, he'll be with us tomorrow and then Wednesday for the shows this week, and then he'll be back on Friday. But today, you're riding with your guy solo. Okay, so... Let's get to let, let's get to some uh, some basic details here. Steelers win 28-21. The tail of the tape here, the tail of what, what what this game was, was that in the first half the Texans were an on again, off again off offense where they either went three and out or got a touchdown in six drives. It was literally punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown. I mean that was how the first half went. The Steelers early on looked like they were struggling, and then in the second quarter they put up back to back touchdown drives. That were huge sta- statements for them. Um, then you, and it was uh, also both of them were touchdown passes from Ben Roethlisberger, uh, so that was that was huge on their part. Uh, then of course you gotta you gotta look at the the second half, and that's where everything started to click on defense. There were four there were four possessions for the Texans. Three of them were punts. One of them were inter- was an interception. They gained fifty one total yards in the uh in this in the second in the second half um that's domination from the Steelers uh and when you throw in penalties i think it's actually 41 um but that's domination by by the Steelers totally in the second half they were de- they were down what 21-17 at the half um, they came out, got a field goal to make it 21-20, and then they were struggling through the third. They couldn't figure anything out. They got two three-and-outs, and in that second half, in that fourth quarter, they just started pounding the rock. So who gets a game ball? Well, got to start off with James Conner. He came up huge, 18 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Also had four grabs for 40 yards. That's 149, almost 150 yards of offense, uh, the, the game-closing touchdown Really great stuff here from James Conner. Um, I believe I predicted it would be Ben. I said, I think I said Minka. And I think I said Johnson. Well, Johnson suffered a concussion and didn't come back. So that knocked out one of my guys there. Um, but then on the defensive side, I could give it to so many different guys. I could give it a, t- a game ball to TJ Watt. He had a sack and four tackles. I can give a game ball to Tuit. He had a sack and four tackles. I can give it to Devin Bush. He had four tackles and half a sack. Vince Williams, two, two tackles and a sack. Bud Dupree, two tackles and one and a half sacks. He led the, he led the Steelers on the day. Um, I could give it to Juju Smith-Schuster, who blocked very well all throughout the game, caught four or five passes for 43 yards and a touchdown. Eric Ebron, who led the Steelers with five catches on seven targets for 52 yards and a touchdown. But my second game ball goes to Mike Hilton. For two weeks in a row, that's Mike Hilton, and that's because he led the Steelers with seven t- tackles and and recorded a huge interception. And when I say his interception was huge, I am not understating the value of it because that was the only drive in which the Texans were moving the ball in the second half. Uh, in their they, in their of their four drives, they had they they gained six yards, then they lost seven yards, and they gained zero yards. Uh, and those between those and, and in the fourth drive, they gained 42 yards, and then they threw their interception. To Mike Hilton and it was a great play on his part and it was really a team defensive effort that's the thing with my game balls you give it but these this was a huge team win from this for the Steelers because early on Watson was breaking the pressure you saw and then eventually you saw that well we'll get to this more in the second segment but when Watson started to started to actually get, face the Steelers defensive front that was that was taking away his rushing lanes, forcing him to throw passes he didn't want to throw. That's when you saw the desperation come in. Hilton was able to break on a pass. He nailed an interception. Uh, That's back-to-back weeks. I believe he's led the Steelers in tackles. He's had had a sack in each of his first two games. Now he has an interception in this game. This guy is balling for the Steelers. Get him the game ball. Now this game, this last game ball, I admit I'm cheating because it's not fair but I'm giving it to the entire offensive line. Also for Hilton, I got to say it's a big big bounce back game for him cuz early on he got beat for a touchdown. But it's the entire offensive line that gets this third game ball because they dominated when it came, when Push came to shove. First of all, David DeCastro's first game back and you see the dominance of the team. Also, this is the third straight game which the Steelers have had a 100-yard rusher on the day. James Conner got the last two, Benny Snell got it in week 1. Really looking good here from these guys. Pouncy looked solid. Villanueva struggled early, but he bounced back. He had he had some soft, very solid plays, liked where he was where he was adjusting to. But if I was to give it to one guy in particular in this game, it would be Chakuma four of the offensive line, the right tackle making his second start of the season at the position. He lined up against JJ Watt for pretty much the entire game. Watt was lining up in his face, lining up in his gaps, attacking him. They, the, the Texans thought that would be an advantage for them, and it wasn't. Takuma for held J.J. Watt to four tackles, zero tackles for loss, and zero quarterback hits. That I looked throughout his entire history. Since 2012, because 2011 he was a rookie, since 2012, J.J. Watt has played In 98 regular season games, in three of those regular season games, he was was held to without a tackle for loss or a quarterback hit. That means that Chakuma Okorafor just did something that's only happened three other times in the past nine seasons. That's insane. Great hats off to him. Great job by him. And if the Steelers can get this kind of production out of their offensive line throughout the season this year it's going to go very well for them. So I guess I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to give my game ball to Shakuma core for. Really it's a significant game ball for the it's a it's a signified game ball for the entire offensive line because they balled out. And I mean they were just kicking patootie in that last in those last fourth quarter drives. You really saw the Steelers kick into gear. You saw you saw the running game come alive. You saw um, them just bully them when they needed to. Um, and, uh, and you, and and like you saw James Conner running the ball, Betty Snell running the ball, and it was classic Steelers football at times because you saw them, Hey, we got a lead. It's time to punish somebody. They did that very well. I got, I give a lot of credit to the Steelers offensive line for that win. So again, my game balls in this one are Mike Hilton, James Conner, and the Steelers offensive line, specifically Chukuma a core of four Ben Roethlisberger was close to getting one. I, I felt, I felt more for James Conner cause I liked, I liked a lot of things he did, but Ben Roethlisberger, I also felt like it'd be cheating because I, I, I predicted that Ben Roethlisberger would get one of my game balls. I don't want to make it too easy for me to win these game ball things that I'm doing with the showtime segment from last Friday. Uh, but, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he, he'd be, he's right there with James Conner in getting the game ball here because he finished the game 23 of 36 for 237 yards and, and two touchdowns with a passer rating of 101.3. Gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, we're gonna go into what some of the things that the Steelers did right to counter what the Texans were also doing All right this. Here on the DK Steelers Podcast. It's Victory Monday. I'm Chris Carter, your host here, writing the show solo. Dale lolly has got a break today, but he'll be back on with us for the next two episodes of the show. Right now, we're recapping this game. We're talking about how the Steelers beat the Texans. I talked about, I gave my game balls out in this last one. I, I want to give credit. And this is something that I that I don't think is done enough. I want to give credit to what the Texans were doing early on. They were playing very smart football. They were, Deshaun Watson was, was very decisive with the ball. They were four of seven on third downs, moving the rock, spreading the ball around. Randall Cobb finished with four catches on four targets for 95 yards and a touchdown. Will Fuller Four catches, five targets, fifty-four yards, and a touchdown. Can he still three catches, four targets, thirty-five yards, and a t- and no touchdown? Uh, but they were spreading the ball around. You saw Deshaun Watson say, "Hey, you're not going to get to pick on my thoughts here. I'm going to make some plays." Um, and it was hurting the Steelers early on. They gave up three touchdowns early. Two were touchdown passes from Watson. Uh, one was a was a pass right uh, you know right over over Nelson, uh, who really looked like he was struggling at first. Um, I I think that something mean, that was just a play where Will Fuller just out outplayed him, uh, but Deshaun Watson was creating with his legs. He was escaping the pocket. He was doing all the things that he needed to do to keep plays alive against a, a ferocious Steelers pass rush. I give a lot of credit to that man. And, and Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks to evaluate and watch in this league. When you know when, I'm the X's and O's guy, right? Y'all know me. I'm the DK Steel, Pittsburgh Steelers are uh, DK NFL analyst here. Um, I, I love diving into film, I love evaluating people, um, I have a lot of fun doing it all over the place, and when I watch Deshaun Watson, he makes you account for so many different things all the time, and that's why I love this guy, when his when his college coach, Dabo Sweeney, called him the Michael Jordan of college football, I totally got it, because not only does Deshaun Watson do that to you, not only does he make you account for everything, but he the swagger that he has, the never give upness, that I'm gonna get it done for my guys attitude. That's that that kind of mojo I think really permeates into the rest of the t- rest of his team. He is a baller. He flies around the field, um, and I mean, and there are several times. Third down, scramble, break loose, find Randall Cobb on a comeback route. Scramble, break loose, find Will Fuller. Um, I mean, just time after time they he was creating on his own and the Steelers didn't have any answers in the first half. Uh you know, their answers were try to get pressure on him. They tried blitzing in the second half, they backed off on that. And you saw the contain start to play in it. even when he broke contain, the corners and the safeties were communicating, helping pass pass receivers off to each other, doing that kind of stuff. Really helps you go a long way, and that's the kind of things that I think the Steelers really should be continuing to look at. It it's how they adjusted it in that second half. We'll get into that with my "Don't Get Me Started," but also with the the, the offense early on. The, the The Texans were coming to play up front. Um, uh, with uh, you know, we, it, was, it was Brandon McKinney had eleven tackles, Zach Cunningham ten tackles, was balling out of control. Uh, was playing was the, 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 those two guys were all over the place. They were making they were making some really good plays. Um, uh, they, they they got some hits on Roethlisberger. Uh, they got two sacks in the day to uh, to Watkins and o- Um Four quarterback hits to Murray. Moore, of course Watkins and, o- and Uh Only three tackles for loss. Um, and uh, but when you look at when you look at this game, they really didn't. You know that they, they you saw this. The Steelers were able to. Um, the Steelers were able, were able to try to, to basically come back against these guys and neutralize their efforts. When you saw how they, put, when you saw how the second half went, not even second half. Let's go to the second quarter. Um, I look at how uh, how the in the first quarter field goal punt punt. In the second quarter, touchdown, touchdown, and then they took a a need to to end it. And what was different was you saw Ben Roethlisberger feeling it out. And this is what I told you guys last week. The Steelers are figuring out what works for them on offense. They don't know what's their go-to. Before it was, hey, hand it to Le'Veon on this power run. He's going to get it. You know what? Let let, let A.B. just do whatever the heck he wants to do. Ben's going to find him. They're going to make a play. Now it's all right, you got an even spread of wide receivers, you spread the ball out to them, and your tight ends, and you got a running game, and you got a quarterback that knows how to deliver the football. Figure out how that works. That's not easy. And it sounds easy because there's, there's like, oh, well, they have so many different options. But to make it happen, to make the plays, to do the things that will that you can count on and say, okay, we know to call this play. We know to call that play. That's where I think that 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 you saw, that you saw the Steelers really start to take take a uh, hold of in this game. Um, those two touchdowns in the second in the, in the second quarter and in the third quarter it was, it was oddly the same. You know, they had a, they had a long drive that stalled out um, uh, due to a penalty in the, I think with the, with at the field goal at the start of the third quarter, and then they had two three and outs which were um, it was huge that the ste- that the defense returned those those re- those three and outs um, because uh, um, they this, the Steelers went, went went three and out twice. Then the Texans went three and nine again. The Steelers got an interception, and then that's when the the that's when Ben Roethlisberger and James Conner and, and company just went ballistic on that on the touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. They took it twelve plays, seventy nine yards, zero penalties. Also, um, I think that you know that, that penalties being a huge part of the day, um, but uh, zero penalties five first downs on this drive they and and they took seven minutes and three seconds off the clock that was huge that put that put to watson in a very tough situation that meant that hey you got to score if you you, you got to score soon or, uh, or or this offense is going to close you out and uh when the uh, and, and then the defense and what did i say what did i say all last week i said if there's going to be a game where the steelers offense was going to close out a game this this was going to have to be one of them and what happened the defense got them the ball and the offense held on to it their last drive they got the ball with four minutes and 47 seconds left they took 11 plays 62 yards and got and and got three first downs three huge first downs and got it inside the 10 if there was more time in the clock it really looked like the Steelers could have just punched it in they were going to do it so This is this to me was huge. It was a huge game because I I looked at how they um, how they bounced back from so many different challenges. Because the Texans to me I think they're going to end up being a decent football team this year. Yes, they're 0-3. Yes, they, yes, the Steelers haven't beaten a team that's won a game yet, although the Broncos, I believe, are playing the Buccaneers at the moment that I'm recording this, so that's all of the story. But uh, I, I think I think all this – so you could say the Steelers 3-0, and they've beaten all these teams that, 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 that aren't good or whatever. I think the Texans are going to be good. Uh, they've just played the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers, who, for my money, are the three best teams in the AFC, and that's a rough road to hoe. So um, – I think that that's uh, I think that that where well, the point is that the Texans gave them their best shot, and this was a desperate Texans team. It's it's not easy always just to beat the, the team that hasn't won yet because sometimes that team has talent and they know they have to get a big win. Especially when you had a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, he knew the Texans needed this because I think they say it's like it's what like like twelve percent of all zero and two teams will, you know will make the playoffs, and then with zero and three it's even less. Um, the Texans are right where the Steelers were last year, sands losing their their star quarterback. They're zero three through the month of September. Um to me the fact that the Steelers battled off that that says a lot about this team's capabilities. And now they get to face a 3 and 0 Titans team in Nashville. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk more about that tomorrow with Dale on the show. We're going to take a quick break after we come back here. It's don't get me started. Raptors. Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to "Don't Get Me Started." Don't get me started with all y'all people that was popping off about the coaches in the first half. This is "Don't Get Me Started," the rant segment of the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Let's talk about this because in the first half, and hey, I understand your impatience. And, and Dale and I sort of talk about this on the morning Java show here at DKPittsburghSports.com. But uh, but with, with that first half, I understand your impatience at times. The, the defense gave up three touchdowns. The offense had a bunch of three and outs. There was frustration. There was challenges. I get it. But why do you always jump on the coaches early in the game? And even at the game, it's like sometimes there's things that are going on the field that aren't coaching. It's just, hey, this guy's outplaying this guy. The first touchdown, Mike Hilton just got beat by a really good move. He was supposed to cover his man. He messed it up, and it was a touchdown. The second touchdown, Deshaun Watson made several really good reads and scrambled outside, made some plays. And TJ Watt talked about how they had to clamp down after the game. He said, hey, you know, the, the normal things that we like to do to shut down, you know, different concepts, they weren't working. We had to adjust in the second half. But I hear all the time, Randy Feegner he doesn't adjust to anything. He doesn't know what he's doing. Keith Butler, he doesn't make second-half adjustments. The Texans were on fire, and I mean on fire in the first half. They started out this game, wait, I think, what was it? 201 yards in the first half? They got 51 in the second. Think about that. 51 yards. That's domination in today's NFL, especially with a franchise elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson. They were four of seven on third downs in the first half. They were one of five in the second. That to me right there says a lot about what the Steelers are able to do defensively. The fact that they shut down what the Texans were trying to do after it worked very well all through the first half. They made those adjustments. That was coaching. That was team. That was the players. That was a team effort there. And the same thing goes for the offense. Don't think I'm letting you guys off, people who who say Randy Fechner should be fired all the time. And listen, I got my problems with Randy Fechner. I didn't like the run to Jalen Samuels on third down early in the game either. That call stunk. But you know what didn't stink? The passing game that stretched the, the, the Texans out horizontally. Ben Roethlisberger being efficient with the football, the running game, trusting James Conner to be the guy. So many people said Benny Snell should just take over the backfield after after week one. The Steelers didn't do that. They knew what they were doing. Now James Conner has back to back 100 yard rushing games. Anthony McFarland made an appearance six six carries, 42 yards. That's a seven yards per yards per uh, carry average. Between the two of them, they had over 150 yards uh, rushing. That's crazy. And Benny Snell didn't get a lot of yards, but he converted at least two, maybe three, third and fourth and sh- third and shorts. Those are very good plays by by this offense. And some of them were very smart. Some of the smart plays, Juju Smith used to crossing over. The Texans lost him for a second. And, and yeah, that was a that, that was a big goof up on their part, but that's the point is that you want to keep presenting them with so many different threats that they fall victim to other threats lining up Eric Ebron across the field for their first touchdown, giving Ben Roethlisberger the one-on-one shot with him, and he got to bully a guy. Guess who the person that was supposed to cover Juju for his touchdown left to go cover? It was Eric Ebron. Because they knew what they were what they were doing there. They knew, hey, eventually the Texans are going to try to jump all over who they think our main target is. And then the Steelers ripped them off for it. And then in the second half, they when they were pounding them with the run, running the power to the right, running the zone to the left, giving James Conner the lead blockers. Even without Derek Watt, who suffered who suffered a knee injury of, or a hamstring injury and didn't come back, they found ways to run the ball. And then on the uh, this this to me was a hilarious play that I thought deserved a lot more credit than people are going to give it give it. But on the, it was the last real play of the game, third and nine. Steelers are marching. They need to get one more first down to close this game out. They come out in extreme heavy formation. And they had shown this formation a few times in the games, which they all the time they ran. But in this play, when I say extreme heavy, this means, so picture your offensive line, so five guys in front of Roethlisberger. Behind him is James Conner. But to his right, you had... Uh, both tight you had an extra lineman because they called an extra guy up gerald hawkins uh who a former fourth round pick for the team got got sent away or got traded away a a year or two ago now he's back on the team made his first appearance with the team since all that happened he had a really good day too as that sixth lineman he plugs his he plugs it in there then also on the right side you got both tight ends so Your entire, your skill positions are your extra five guys that you get on top of your offensive lineman and your quarterback. They had Claypool lined up wide out left, Connor in the backfield, Ebron and McDonald outside of Hawkins to the right. So the whole Texans team is like, well, they're pounding us with the run. We got to go stop that. So they leave one guy out on Claypool. So what does Ben do? As soon as the ball snapped, kick it right to Claypool. And he's several times bigger than the guy in front of him. And he's, and he's got the speed and the, and the quicks. He bursts out, out, out off the line with the ball. And he just runs past this guy. Almost scores a touchdown. Now, he did fumble at the end. Unfortunately, it bounced out of bounds for the Steelers. But uh, huge play. And it just outsmarted the Texans. Because you get the matchup you wanted. Randy Feitner. Yes, there were some head-scratching calls. But he called a very good to great second half. And especially, I mean, if you throw the second quarter in there, he called that that he had a good game, as a coordinator, as a play caller, and were there several ones that were like, "Huh? Yes, of course." But the, the they the the offense, the Steelers' offense put up 28 points in this game. 28. This wasn't they, this wasn't supposed to be it. They did games like that, and they did it. And I think that's a huge part of this. Uh, another one, earlier in that drive before they even got down to the Claypool pass, it's fourth it's fourth and short again. The Steelers have been killing the Texans with the run. They spread them out. They lined up two wide to the left, two wide to the right, and Anthony McFarlane in the middle. So now the Texans are spread out defensively, and they're ready to roll. And they're sitting here thinking, okay, we got. Uh, we got to get this done. We got to get this guy. We got. To, we got to cover the, these outside guys. But we also got to maintain the run. They're so spread out. They're so thinking. They have to honor so many different things. And the play was a run pass option. Ben reads the reads the situation. He could hand it off to McFarlane if it's there, and he can use his speed to run around the guys because the Texans aren't stacked up. So now it's a matter of space, and that's where McFarland's at his best. But instead, he takes it himself. He sees, oh, they're backed off James. We get the slant. Bang. Hit James Washington for the, for the, for the slant. First down, mood sticks. Huge game from the Steelers here. Huge adjustments. Huge matchups drawn up. Huge everything from these guys. Steelers fans. Chill with the, oh, the coaches are so stupid in the middle of the game. Because a lot of things are being tested out and done that need to be done to see hey we got to see if this can work what this chem- chemistry is like and that's what and that's what it came down to in this game but y'all got me started and this has been don't get me started here on the DK Steelers podcast you guys liking the show i hope you do um, if you are, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places where you have where, where you listen to podcasts. We are there. Subscribe to us. If you do, you don't just get the DK Steelers podcast. You get the DK Daily Shot, where Dayon talks about his stuff every mo- every morning for you, giving you a, his, his sports take. The man on with the the man who's the face of the company. Then, of course, you get the DK Pirates podcast. Now they're wrapping up right now, but if you want to hear some good news about how they've been able to finish the season and learn about how they're going to use that first first overall pick that we're expecting them to. Have, have, go to there because we got noah and alex crushing it there and of course you got me here with dale Lolly on the dk steelers podcast you also get access to all our wpxi the final word uh and uh fantasy insider and halftime adjustments all those great shows check us out there check us out here if you're enjoying all these shows it really helps us if you give us five stars on apple podcast with a positive review leave a comment there do those things, you'd really help out the show. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back with Dale tomorrow.